<laughs> a student by any other name oh. wouldn't smell quite so sweet. Yeah, okay. Like, 59, here we like go. You didn't like my idea, huh? Didn't like my laughing. We're Hey everybody, welcome back. We are back again, two weeks in a row. <laughs> That's a record for us. It is, lately. Um, so, I am Scott. And I am Scott Duarte on this end, Chanel on that. Uh, welcome back, live in the studio on a beautiful Monday afternoon. There's no such thing as a beautiful Monday. Okay, well, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful Monday. Okay, what now you two's going to sue it. So <laughs> 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 Alright, so... Um, Let's get through the uh, the business right quick. Okay. Uh, my email is... Oh, that business. Go yes, ahead. That business. Okay. My email is scott at edgycation dot org at education.org. Okay. Well, that'd be two at education.org. Uh, it was parentheses. You didn't see Ah, that. okay. And I am Scott Duarte, S-C-O-T-T-D-U-A-R-T-E, all one word, all lowercase, at education.org. So email us if you have any questions, comments, or just want to uh, hit us with a wet noodle. Yes. Um, I was a little premature on my news theme. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so uh, send us an email. Let us know what you think about the previous shows, the next shows. What do you want to hear? All that good stuff. Uh, yes. News is basically just a recap. Uh, we are heading out to TESOL very, about very about the time that you will hear this. Uh, we will have a countdown of about five days. Uh, I'm planning to put this out on Tuesday, the twenty fifth, twenty fifth of March. That's the plan, or somewhere therein. Uh, so uh, if you are in New York. Uh, please let us know because everybody on today's show will be in New York and uh, you can meet us and talk to us and buy us beer and, and even dinner. When when will the website be up? The website will should already be up. Oh, I need to go check. Okay, on the website, I might be so daring as to put the cell phone number that I will have in New York up so you can give us a call. Craziness. Also. Craziness. I tell you. I tell ya. So, uh, we've managed to get through our stuff. Record time! In less than three minutes and 15 seconds, it just never happens that way. I... So, uh, we have a special guest in our studio today. Who will also be at TESOL yes. in, in a week's time. But uh, he will not be talking about what he's talking at TESOL. Uh Huh? Exactly! <laughs> Professor John Wilson! Everybody! Woo! Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Who will be talking about what he presented at JALT this past year. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, my name is John Wilson. I am a native of Central California, uh, Tulare for those really in the know and Fresno for this Joe's kind of in the know. Uh, 
Where's Fresno? Uh, <laughs> I'm not even a Joe in the kind of in the know. <laughs> For those who don't even know where that is, um, in the middle it's of right California. in the middle. Yeah, California has a little 90, well, 60, 38 degree angle. 45. Right around the middle of the state. And uh, that's where Fresno is, right between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Cool. I know where that is, though. Yeah. Uh, one of the nice things about growing up in that area is fruits and vegetables and most fruits and vegetables, even in Japan, come right there from the San Joaquin I Valley. I thought oh, most fruits cool. and vegetables were from San Francisco. Mm, <laughs> no. You're funny. <laughs> Do we need to edit that one out? <laughs> Probably should, but my... my. Please continue. Oh. Well, anyway, um, like I said, I'm from Central California. I studied at Cal State University Fresno for four years to get a bachelor's degree in English and uh, studied in New Zealand for a year as an ambassadorial scholar, also studying English, and then I returned back to Fresno State. Do they speak English in New they Zealand? They do speak English, but it's a... Uh, I don't believe you. It's, <laughs> a, it's a special kind of English. It's, uh, we little, love all of our listeners uh, in New Zealand. Please don't... Well, actually, you can send us hate mail. That's okay. We're not getting enough mail, so... Yeah, Australia, New Zealand, England, it, it's all English. Mm-hmm. Uh, just takes a little getting used to, that's all. And uh, then I returned to Fresno State to my master's degree in English with an emphasis on uh, nonfiction writing. But uh, while I was getting my master's degree, um, I knew I wanted to study and uh, rather teach internationally. And I thought one of the ways of teaching English would be teaching English to speakers of other languages. And I felt that it was important to have some type of certification to be able to teach uh, English to speakers of other languages because I figured that teaching English uh, just in and of itself, uh, I probably would need some more skills in that. So I decided to uh, study in San Francisco in an intensive course that uh, gave me certification and qualification to teach English to speakers of other languages. And Cool. When did you finish your master's? I finished my MA in... Officially, May of 2005. Okay. And they did the certificate at the same time? I did the certificate in November of uh, 2004. Okay. okay. So, so while I was writing my thesis, um, I was also learning about how to teach English as a second language uh, to, to other language learners. Too bad our podcast wasn't up then, because then you could be able to just listen to us and know. Exactly. It'd be like distance learning. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, but... And know. so for any of you other listeners who are out there, please tell your friends and uh, give them a couple of episodes of the show and uh, tell them, teach, show them how to subscribe and that way our Nothing numbers go Nothing says up. I love you like a couple of episodes <laughs> of education. education. That's right. Cool. So, John, we brought you in today to talk about what you talked about at Jolt. Quit knocking the microphone stand around. It's not John Scott. All right. Yeah, um, John, come on, man. It's sensitive equipment. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. Um, so uh, what did you Well, how long it? have you been teaching oh, for? Uh, I've been teaching a total of about seven years. Uh, but uh, Where for, at? Well, I've taught in the U.S. Uh, I taught at Cal State University, Fresno, as a teaching assistant, teaching uh, first-year literature students and fiction and uh, literature 
I guess mm -hmm. that was redundant. Um, and I also taught summer programs uh, during what's called a summer bridge program where students who just graduated from high school are preparing for their first years of university study. So I've taught courses in um, writing and study skills. All right. uh, I've also had some experience teaching in uh, high school extended periods and uh, even even second and third graders. <laughs> it was kind cool. of fun. But that was a long time ago. Cool. All right. So uh, tell us about what you told us, what you uh, went to jail for. Okay. Uh, how, I, how did the whole idea of the well, topic come Well, what up? is the, 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 the topic? We mm -hmm. didn't even talk about what the topic is today. That's right, but everybody's read the title of the, the podcast, and now they know. Well, just in case they haven't. Give us a recap. Sure. Um, th this, this idea of 40 names in 40 minutes is, in essence, comes from how um, I would speak with different professors and instructors and how they often mentioned how difficult it is to learn uh, that was students. not me <laughs> bumping the microphone how difficult it is to learn uh, students names and uh, it, it generally seemed to come out as a complaint uh, it might sound a little something like this. Oh, those Japanese names are so difficult, and I can't seem to remember them, and they, they all sound alike. That's why I call all my students Bob. <laughs> How about you, Scott? <laughs> what do you call your students? <laughs> to their face? <laughs> no, no, I, I just don't talk to them. I there see. you go. <laughs> well... Anyway, uh, <laughs> what I realized was uh, that there had to be ways to um, share not only with colleagues but share with myself on ways that um, I can remember and others can remember uh, the students' names. And uh, I realized after some study that remembering names helps to build a community of learners. And um, that's where the idea came from uh, for the presentation at last year's JALT. And it was a pretty well-received, uh, successful cool. presentation. Um, and I guess today I have some ideas and some strategies that are not prescriptive per se, but some of them might work. And uh, I think some of them may be useful to... Uh, up-and-coming teachers or teachers who are already uh, teaching in the classroom uh, that still can't just remember their names. Yeah. So, so, so how did you come uh, about wait, with wait, these wait. strategies? Uh, I jumped in first. No. No. Because, <laughs> because we have people from, who listen from all over the world, some from sure. Eastern Europe, some from Asia, some from South Africa, some from uh, South America, basically point at a country and we got somebody there. Is, will this only work with Japanese names, or are you gonna, uh, will it be able to translate to, to across other the board cultures as well? I think it's transferable. Um, I think there's a there's a myth that some people are able to remember names and others cannot. Um, I think that, and f from my experience and what I've heard from others, that um, unless you are a memory guru. Um, you will need to pay attention in remembering 
your names of your students. You, it's 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 effort. It's work, and um, the payoff is relationship building and community building. Cool. Uh, the drawback is. Uh, can result in embarrassment of the teacher, embarrassment of the student, um, and uh, the breaking down of the community. So, um, yeah. So let's go back to his question. All right. So, so you, you <coughs> mentioned that you have various strategies. How did you come up with these strategies? Some of the strategies came uh, from my research. There's a professor at uh, Calif University of California, Berkeley. Uh, her name is Barbara... Jossie, I believe. I hope I didn't botch her name. But um, she has the idea and some of the things that I've read in my research that uh, the value of learning names gives students uh, self-identity. And when you're in a group with people that you may or may not know, when others know your name, you are a part of the group. Mm -hmm. And uh, group dynamics is... Uh, powerful in a classroom, uh, especially if it's a learning environment. If it's not a learning environment and it's just a lecture, well, you know, students don't, they, they may feel more comfortable people not knowing their name. Right. But uh, most teachers are in a uh, lecture style or interactive style where they see the students regularly. And by knowing their names, it helps with. Um, building the community, it helps uh, lower possible disciplinary challenges, mm -hmm. it helps uh, name recognition, helps face recognition when you're finaling your grades, it can be very, very useful. And I mean, here of course we're focusing on the ESL classroom, so there are those, those horror stories of some teachers having 40, 50 students in a classroom, but most of us are dealing with 20 to 30 students um, at the max. So it's not really having that many students. You might have three or four different classes, yes, yeah. but it's manageable. Yeah. What, what also <coughs> struck me was how um, high school teachers around the world uh, often have 25, 30, 40 students in each class and six or seven classes every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I reckon that if they can memorize, I don't know, 100 names, 150 names, 200 names, so I should I. be able to. <laughs> I should be able to hit about 80. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into the. Well, well, didn't you also do a survey here to to professors here? Because I remember filling something out. I can't or you remember asked me questions. if I did a sur. I don't think I did a survey, but I did. I did check with some of the professors. Uh, that are at Kansai Gaida University, and I asked them about what strategies they actually use in the classroom to remember their students' names. And I received a lot of positive feedback. Uh, some used uh, cameras, so they were more uh, visual. <laughs> Others had seating charts. Others had... A uh, combination of seating charts, you know, the different ones had journals and they were strategically placed. Some teachers had it so that the students had to sit in the same seat the whole year. That's my style. <laughs> so there were there was a variety of mm -hmm. uh, different strategies that uh, instructors used to help them remember their students' names. One thing I'd like to add, 
is, and I guess this can be the segue into uh, the next part of the discussion. We'll uh, decide that. Uh, Sarah. <laughs> could, could, could be, <laughs> um, and that is, um, I as as I was asking other teachers, uh, there's this, I guess, concept of self-talk. And there's a lot of self-talk with the energy of remembering names, remembering students' names. And um, the self-talk sounds a little something like, you know, how do you remember your students' names? Oh, I can't remember the students' names. Oh, it's so difficult. And oh, I can't. And oh, and I don't. And I think there's more talk about uh, what someone can't do relative to remembering names than what someone can do. So if I can gently invite those who are listening to, uh, you know, put the self-talk down and uh, think about ways that are positive so that you can do something. Um, Yeah. Well, that goes with anything, really. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in this in this particular venue, it really does really add the extra bit of salt to the to the wound I, I think you're right you know when any type of reinforcement positive or negative uh, does just that it reinforces right. so mm-hmm. if you think you can't remember names and you remind yourself repeatedly how well you can't remember names well uh, I guess being a PhD and not remembering names is uh, <laughs> <the next step. laughs> well, can I put that on my <laughs> resume all of the all of the brain area has been taken up with names. There's yeah, no focus. room left. Can't remember names. <laughs> all right, um, so, so uh, give us the secret. Uh, well, the end. I'll be all. I, I, I think if it doesn't work. We'll sue. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like the title of this podcast, forty names in forty minutes. Um, I, I guess I just want to touch on that just a little bit. That actually came. I'd like to give credit to a colleague of mine in Shimono Seki. Yamaguchi Ken in Japan, and his name is Hudson Murrow, and he mentioned that what he does is that uh, he starts off, regardless of the size of the class, and he says who he, his name, he says what his name is, and on the board, uh, he writes, my name is, and a blank line, I'm from, and a blank line, my favorite food is, a blank line, and I like to drink the blank line and uh, in essence he uses these four sentences to um, begin remembering his students names Mm -hmm. and it for him it takes and for me it takes concentrated effort and it's a fun first day activity I say it's a fun first day activity because ultimately you end up messing up. And when you mess up or when you make mistakes, um, the students are there to help you because it's not only a memorization exercise for the teacher, but the, you, have the, you have a captivated audience. You have students who are paying attention. Uh, I've even used this where I've intentionally made mistakes so the students could help me um, Attentionally, yeah, absolutely, it's sure. true. That's what I always it's tell true. you. No, you no, get about. I, I did that on purpose to see if you were paying attention. I'm testing That's right. you. That's right. You got me. But it does happen around the twelfth or thirteenth name. Okay. Or the fifth well, name. well. So you said making mistakes, but you still haven't explained the game. Well, the game is it's 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 not really a game per se. It's okay. the teacher learning 
names, where it's a concentrated effort. For example, um, I'm going to ask you, Scott Duarte. Um, uh, What's your name? My name is Scott. And uh, where are you from, Scott? I'm from Texas. From Texas? Yes. And uh, what's your favorite food? My favorite food is... It's either going to be chili or tacos. Nah, escargot, and I hate escargot, but it's just flashing in my head for this activity. I don't know why. Escargot, and what do you like to drink? I like to drink dark beer. Dark beer. So then I, as a professor, would say, uh, everyone, this is Scott. He's from Texas. His favorite food is uh, escargot. I think that's snails. And he likes to drink dark beer. And that's how I would model. And then whoever the next student would be, they could either volunteer or we could Mm -hmm. go down the rows. But it would be more of a community activity. So not only the professor could see and identify the names of the students, but the other students get to as well. And um, I I haven't had a situation where everyone wasn't paying attention. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, the it takes about forty names takes about forty minutes. Um, it allows time. Each name takes about thirty five to forty seconds. But um, the teacher is really concentrating during this activity. So um, after Scott, the next person, and then I would go right back to Scott. This is Scott. Scott's from Texas. He likes escargot and. I uh, likes to drink dark beer, and then we would go to the next Scott, and Scott would say where he's from. Where, 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 what's your name? Sorry. My name's Scott. Oh, Scott. Scott what? Chanel. Scott Chanel. Uh, and where are you from, Scott? Uh, Michigan. Michigan. Um, and what's your favorite food? Tacos. Tacos? <laughs> yeah. And um, is, what what is, did you like to drink? Coke. Coke. Um, so the, these are two Scots. And by the way, I'm not writing any of this down. The first Scott is... <laughs> I should uh, hope not. You should be able to remember our first name. It's pretty... Sorry. Uh, this is the first Scott. The first Scott's from Texas. He likes to eat escargot. He likes to drink dark beer. And his name is Scott. The second Scott is from Michigan. And this Scott uh, likes to drink Coke. And he likes to... I didn't need your help with that. And he likes to eat tacos. But if I did need your help, uh, the students, you know, even if I would struggle, students would be there to help me out. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of this exercise. Uh, Scott Chanel, I don't know if you noticed or not, but when you were giving me your information, I was repeating it. Right, right, right. So you said Michigan, and I said Michigan. Um, It's research is identified the more you hear something the greater your chances of remembering it Mm -hmm. so um uh, when i hear students saying something or when i when i'm learning names uh, especially with introductions oh scott scott yes i'll repeat it and i might ask a question like oh scott where are you from uh texas oh no that's the other scott michigan (laughs) (laughs) tacos we have our own difficulties here (laughs) so that's um but you know, after ten names, it, it it does get challenging. Right. But the the professor, if if they're focused and doing their best, the students will appreciate it. They'll they'll appreciate it right off because it's helping to build community. Not only is the instructor learning the names, but the, the students are learning names. Believe me, they will correct you. Yeah. <laughs> when so you're as wrong. as you go down the down the row, say there are fifteen or twenty students in the class. Mm-hmm. 
for a small class. You for after you do the introduction uh, dialogue with the next student, you go back and do all of the other students Absolutely. each time. Each time, right? yeah, each time. Yeah, so it's very similar got... to actually a, a game that I used to do. I used to have a, a stuffed animal, a stuffed poo. There he is. Um, you got stuffed. I got stuffed poo. poo yes. <laughs> no, the bear poo. Oh, not okay. The other poo. Although in Japan you can get. It's not really stuffed. stuffed it's poo. just rubber. It's a no. It's a. It's oh, a that's plushie. right. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, that's a Flushy different. Poo. That's a different podcast. Anyway, um, so the student you know, would hold on to their thing, and I would ask, oh, hold on to, to the bear, stuffed poo, and I would ask them the questions. <laughs> And then uh, they would pass it to the next one, and I would have to go all uh, and uh, get all of their information, then go all the way back to the front. Which is, so it so kind of sounds very yeah, similar there, to the. There's several variations of it. Um, you know, I guess this is a form of icebreaker mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. because uh, generally it's a new environment, it's a new semester, it's a new year, and people are just getting to know each other. Unless it's a second year students right. and they all know each other. Um, I hate that because Ben, as as being in front of the classroom, you are at a distinct advantage. Everybody <laughs> knows who's who's who and what's what, and, right. and you're you're the new guy. Yep. And well, you, you know, even in a situation like that, you'd be surprised how much. Even though the students, maybe it's their second year, you'd be surprised how much they actually don't know about each other. Oh, really? And uh, a variation of the same thing is just a different question. You know, tell us something interesting and unique about you. And I, I put that on a on a paper one That's time. Put card. something unique. Yeah, put something unique about yourself. I could not believe the number of blank spaces there were in that in that. Or the, how much repetition there was between the whole class. Yeah, yeah. Everyone had the same unique yeah. ability. Takes a bit of creativity, but uh, those are just a few ideas, I guess, of how one can remember. Yeah. Well, and 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 we've minutes. discussed um, on previous. I wasn't podcasts. finished. Oh well, oh, you but go are ahead. now. <laughs> you are now, sir. No, he told you, man. You need to sit down. Go ahead, John. <laughs> Whose podcast is this? No, I'm John. Finished. No. <laughs> okay, Welcome please. to the Scott and John podcast, and. Uh, Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I was Jimmy. finished. I just go wanted ahead. to. Oh, you're fun. just giving him crap. Okay. Man, we're gonna edit this out and really chipmunk his voice. <laughs> Make you sound like a ten-year-old girl. Oh, but um, we talked about in previous podcasts about making it, um, taking the teacher kind of out of the equation, or making activities more student-centered. Right. And a great way, if you have the time, or you can take two classes if you have short classes is after the teacher does the list of 10 students, then you have the class do it together mm -hmm. and have so that it is reinforcing the class knowing everyone else's names also. Right. So that, that's an added thing that you can do that helps because I hate halfway into the semester or the second semester of a year-long class, Students still not knowing each other's names yeah. Yeah. drives me crazy. Um, yeah. One of one of the variations that I used when I had my Pooh Bear thing, I'd have the students would sit in a circle as they did this, and then after everybody's gone, then um, you throw the throw the ball or animal or whatever, or dog or cat, or um, poo or poo. Don't throw poo in class. <laughs> um, like a gorilla. Exactly. Um, to one of the other students, and you have to say the name of the student that you're that you're throwing it to, and something that they like. If it depends on what your questions were, 
and then they would have to catch it and say who it was from and then who they're going to throw it to. Um, actually, there's a drinking game that's based on that. <laughs> <clears throat> drinking games, if you do it right, drinking games can be adjusted really well for classroom use because they're, they're very social. You just social. water down the alcohol. Well, don't bring alcohol into the classroom in case you haven't been told that before. Um, but it, it, they, they can work really well because they're very social and they, they use that idea of repetition and stuff like to, you know. Bunnies. Bunnies. Well, maybe I can ask you guys, what do, yes. you, what do you do on a typical first day activity to learn your students' names? You want to hit it first, or? Go for it. Okay. Um, I don't really do an activity like that. I actually do a couple of things. Um, for my own personal learning, um, I'm very visual. And so I do bring the camera in, and I call them in the order of the role. And then that night, or before the next class, uh, whenever, I will put the photos into kind of a spreadsheet that has their names, uh, has maybe their student number, and um, it has six or 12 slots that I can use as um, attendance, taking attendance, so that I always have a letter size or A4 size paper um, to use as a crutch until I have looked at their names and, and met with them and so forth. And so it helps me greatly. I came up with this uh, when I was teaching in Korea, and I had 26 different classes that met one time a week, each with about 30 students. So I had about 500 students, and there was just no way I was going to be able to memorize all those names, especially when I see them only one time a week. So I had this sheet with all their faces and names, so I could look down. And by the end of the year, end of the semester, end of the year, I had probably about 80%. Which I think is That's pretty really good. good. Yeah. But um, for smaller classes, it makes it a lot easier for me initially. And even if I meet someone at a party, if I can't see their name in writing, it, it goes out of my head very quickly. Right. So not just the face recognition, but the name, seeing it written down, helps me greatly. But for the students, um, what I'll do is something similar to what you said. I'll have them write out, fill out a piece of paper, and it's uh, something they've done in the past, um, a place they want to go, or uh, what is their dream. Um, if they had maybe a super ability, what would it be? And to <laughs> like just that. make something up. <laughs> Tell me a lie about it. Sure. And so out of those four things, with a class of 24, 28, I can pretty much gain different answers from each student. And I put them all down on a scavenger hunt. And so the next class, the students will have all these abilities. And we first learn about turning sentences into questions. Uh, and then they have to move all the desk and they start asking and finding out which student. So each student has a specific answer. And um, unlike the, the generic um, find someone who can play a musical instrument. So they have to keep asking questions to each student until they find out. And then they write the students down, then we get into a group, and other students will talk about them. So to, to introduce each other that way. Mm. Cool. Yeah, how about you, Scott? Um, 
I used, when I was doing ESL based stuff, I was I would do the the circle and go around to each student. Um, now that I've been doing more of the pedagogy stuff and writing, I don't so much. Um, I just uh, I'm pretty decent with names as mm. far as students goes. As far as students go, because I kind of pay more attention to them than I do to other people. Sure. Um, so I don't really have anything. I, I've kind of been using just the brute force uh, for the last two or three years. But I'm also getting more repeat students because you guys are teaching lower division, so first and second year students. I'm teaching primarily third and fourth year students, uh, some of whom, because I, my transition is still new, some of whom I've, I've had as first year or second mm -hmm. year students. And so I'm getting starting to get repeats. And there's students that I know already from other classes so i don't have anywhere near the burden that sure. you guys do and now the disadvantage for that is the students who come into my classes have two or three years of relationships built between each other already they know each other very very well right. primarily mostly not always but hmm. um so i do have disadvantage there but uh the one thing I do pride myself on is I remember the students' names much faster than anybody else that I work with. Mm. So my de in my department and stuff, I know who I'm talking to, <laughs> and they have a vague idea who they're talking to. But and if I miss say their name, it's because I don't want to call them by their real name. Mm. I want to call them by another name. I do it on purpose. On purpose. Both of you have some uh, very strong strategies, and I think that's good. Um, I think that's pro probably, you know, half of the battle is to have an idea of what you want to do going in. You know, I think a lot of teachers just walk in and they're like, uh, uh, crap, there are students in this room. Where'd they come from? <laughs> they and have they all names? have different names. <laughs> right. I'm going to call them all Bob. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to do that one year. That's a good strategy. You know, um, you mentioned taking uh, video, you're bringing the video camera in or vi bringing a digital camera in. Um, one of the things that I touched on in the conference was that um, they're becoming more and more, at least in Japan, there's more confidentiality matters and concerns. Yeah. And I know, I heard the deep size. And I think it's important wherever this broadcast is, is going to just be aware of some of the... Uh, regulations that you may have in your country or even at your school. If you cannot take a picture of your student to remember their name, screw that confidentiality privacy clause thing. No, fire me. Okay. <coughs> now, when I, I put it I on the, the web and put funny little captions and little devil's ears. And, sure. But, mm, yeah. No. Yeah, but, but, I mean, it is something to keep in mind. I mean, um, the the current state of affairs is people are going a little overboard with you know student air quotes student information uh leaks mm -hmm. on air quotes um and based use, on extreme cases right right and so yeah no you don't want people to come in and pull all your student lists off your machine sure but at the same time what what are they going to do with with this, a list of students, sure. you know. and and you don't want you also don't want uh, a student to say no. I don't want you to take my picture. And one of the ways that I kind of overcome such an obstacle 
is uh, crack after, <laughs> so after no after Backhand. after a first day activity of um, maybe it's <coughs> remember uh, forty names of forty minutes or some other uh, icebreaker or warm up um, like you mentioned earlier uh, Duarte that. Uh, there's an information card. I also use the information card. And what I ask students to do is to bring their own picture. Mm-hmm. And that this information is just going to be for me. And it's not going to be shared with other people. And it's going to help me remember your name. And your name is important to me. And I haven't had a student not turn in their own photo right. that they like. What I the problem I had with that, and I did that in Korea, is and you you run into the same problem in Japan. Is I know where you're going. I've they'll had the same go problem. to the little fun sticker print club print club and take a picture with four of their friends so that their face is the less than the size of your pinky nail, and it's so hard to see who they are sure, or remember the, which one. The thing that that I keep getting with the print club is the print club pictures look. Nothing like the student. Nothing like right. the student. It's like they, they're like, hey, you, come in here and take this picture so I can give it to my teacher. They don't look anything alike. Yeah. So that's when I decided, you know, enough with this. I'm going to take the picture myself sure. and do that. And in, in the States, I did run into the, no, <coughs> I'm not going to do it. And, and what I would just do is I would grab some caricature of some funny animal and put it on there, on that space. And sometimes I would hand these out to the students as well with all the pictures so that they can remember their classmates. Um, or, you know, if I just leave it on my podium, students will want to see their own pictures and they'll see the other student's picture of just a horse's face or a cow or a duck or something. And then that student will usually come up and say, can you take my picture? I don't want the, the duck face on there. <laughs> it's like, okay, sure. Duck rolled. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, um, we are pushing 40, so we're going to wrap it up. Okay, one thing I, I want to... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I hadn't really talked about what I wanted to talk about yet. <laughs> I know we're pushing 40 minutes, but... Okay, well, um, what do you do got? Because we might, we, might do, uh, we might just bring you back on a different... Oh, okay. okay. Uh, well, it's I guess the the some of the ideas of remembering names is kind of broken into um, three segments. You know, first day first day activities, uh, or first week activities, and then weeks two through five, and then ongoing to reinforce mm. the names. And um, I had some of the things that I do for. Okay, fifty um, words or less. Go ahead. Oh, I can't do it. Well, no, no. Let's <laughs> let's, let's do uh, let's bring John back again. Well, actually, because, how uh, about how about just uh, a couple of first day hit it. Uh, activities? Hit uh, it. One of the strategies is called chunking, and um, I know there's probably some people who are listening, and they say, "Well, you know, I can't. I don't care what you guys say. I still can't remember names." And there, that that those types of teachers may be out there. Um, chunking is a concept for the, the type of teacher who says, "I can't remember names." Period, and um, it's it's a strategy where you don't focus on remembering all of the students' names. You focus on remembering groups of students' names. And if you if you can't memorize thirty five, well, you should be able to memorize ten. Mm-hmm. and work on the 10, master the 10, and then move to the next 10. Um, 
and uh, there's there's all different types of mnemonic strategies, but uh, focus on the names that you know or that are easy, right? And then go from there and try to remember them in groups of four. Um, one of the things that I had to do when it was difficult for me to remember names was on the first day um, I would give a short writing assignment and I had journals at that time. So if I had 28 students, um, the short writing assignment would produce 28 writings and I'd read those writings and pair the students up together. Um, so they would be journal partners. Mm -hmm. And I would remember names in groups of two or groups of four or, or section of seven or eight or ten names. And then uh, as I would hand those journals back or hand the papers back or handing the homework back, it would help to reinforce the students' names that I didn't know. Right. And I even would actually um, take the students' names that I knew and hand those back first <laughs> to reinforce my own. And it, it, took a it took a little of extra planning. Sure. But, okay, this is the Section G and who the names that I know. Okay, I know the student. Yeah, yeah, I know this. And I put those names on top, and then handing that, I would say their name, ask them to come up to get their homework, and make a connection personally. Um, these sound like, you know, uh, how do you say? They sound seemingly trivial, but every little thing that uh, a professional can do to help remember their student's name, even saying the name, having the student come up, it's verbal. It's visual, um, it's physical to students. Right. It, so the more um, sensors that are involved in helping you reinforce a student's name, the greater chances that you'll remember. And there's some others, but you know, cool. I, well, hopefully we'll, you we'll guys will have We'll definitely have you back, back. And, uh, and we'll talk about them again. Because I'm, I'm curious uh, for the longer term strategies. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the homework is one, but I'd, I'd like to hear some of the other stuff. One thing I, I want to touch on is. Um, some teachers will say, oh, I can't remember this one type of nationality's name. It's just too difficult. I'm not familiar with it. And so they'll start giving their students English names. Mm -hmm. Or nicknames. Or nicknames. <laughs> yeah, basically the same thing, slappy. And, um, <laughs> and so be careful before you do that ask the students if they want nicknames or if they want english names sure. because i don't like to do it because i think you're, you're taking away from their identity yeah I, I disagree with the use of english names i know it was really popular at least when i was in high school in the french class everybody had a, a french name and stuff and i know in china um every chinese person that i've met has a an english name as well that they got primarily from their english class and uh, they stick with that and stuff. But it does. It the, does take. There's some good. There's good. Some good uh, uses for it. And if the student comes up and, and wants one, then by all means, let them have one. Um, some nationalities are, are reserved, and if you give them English names, they'll feel they can come out of the out of their shell because they are an American now or they're, something they're to that extent. That exactly. Trick, so yeah. I mean, there are good reasons to use it. But if you're just using it because you can't memorize their own name, then that reason itself is not good. Don't and, be and lazy. Be. Exactly. Yeah. Damn it. Unless you call them all Bob. <laughs> yes. Which case Jim if Bob. you do, please email us. <laughs> Big Bob. YouTube it, please, and, and, and send us the link. Bob, what would you say to this? <laughs> well, 
Well, Bob, <laughs> I think, um, and this is maybe for the super advanced uh, people who are able to memorize names uh, more effectively than anyone out there. Um, if you're able to remember family names, that's just as good. Wow, that's you know, that's that's you know that's taking one or it the other. Past. So, yeah. yeah, but you know, one of the ways to help reinforce remembering names is to hear too. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Yuki Takahashi. Uh, if you don't remember Yuki, you might remember Takahashi or Yamaguchi. Or if you see those kanji symbols or whatever it is, that strategy uh, right. works for you. Excellent. So cool. I would like to thank our guest, Professor Joan Willis. John. And John. <laughs> John. John. Oh, John. That's John. right. Wilson. It's yes. Bob. It's Bob. <laughs> Call me Bob, please. <laughs> John Wilson, and um, if you have any questions, please email us, and we will pass, pass it, it on. on. Um, really quick, uh, what are you doing? You're presenting at TESOL. Quick topic for people to come and uh, watch your stuff. I'm presenting at TESOL in New York. Uh, the topic is going to be in the Electronic Village, and it is building vocabulary using uh, PowerPoint. Oh. And also... Uh, I'm, I'm, te- I'm presenting another paper called uh, A Picture is Worth 10 Minutes of Free Writing. And, and so they're both EV. Yeah, both, both Electronic Village. Do and, you know what days and times? Uh, Saturday, April 5th, I believe. One of them is an early bird at 8 something. I can't remember right now. And the second uh-huh. one, uh, I believe, is in the afternoon, about 2 o'clock ish. All right, so you can check online uh, under John Wilson on the precise, or when you're at TESOL, look in the Electronic Village special handout if it's not part of the regular uh, program, yep. and go see him. And uh, if you are interested in John's stuff but can't get to TESOL, uh, like we said before, send us an email and we'll pass it along and we will make him sit, we'll sit him down and make him write you back. And if you um, if you happen to have heard the podcast and you see us there at TESOL, please let us know that you heard us on the podcast. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. We will be um, August 3rd, August, April 3rd, that's the second time in two podcasts I've done that, April 3rd from 1 to 145, I Summer do believe. vacation, like huh? Yep. <laughs> so, so come, come see come us, see our come say presentation. hi, come say you suck, whatever. You Buy do, us a beer, throw it in our face, whatever. Throw, us, throw food at us. because As like long that. as our mouths are open and we can catch it. Yep. And I'd just like to say He's thank still you, here? <laughs> I'd like to say thanks, Scott, for uh, no. inviting me. Thanks, Scott, for inviting me. And putting uh, up with you. And tolerating me. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. If there's anything anyway. else I can do in the future, please don't hesitate. Well, actually, hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then do it anyway. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. That's all we got for this week. We will talk to you again later on. Have a good one. Take care.